0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the July 12th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd Skarin and Kelly. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started with our litigation report. A class action filed by a group of applicants attorneys claiming interest on attorney fees has been rejected by the Court of Appeal. Cosden and Lipman are named plaintiffs and attorneys who practice before the WCAB. They filed six class action complaints in Los Angeles County Superior Court against six different defendants. They targeted the state fund, Travelers, Explorer Insurance Company, State Farm, Marriott Claim Services, and Stater Brothers Markets. Each defendant allegedly failed to pay interest owed on attorney fee awards issued by the WCAB. The proposed class, consisted of California attorneys who petitioned for and received an award for attorney fees from the WCAB and who were not paid interest on their fees. The Superior Court issued an order sustaining a demur to the six class action complaints without leave to amend for the reason that it lacked subject matter jurisdiction. The applicant attorneys appealed the dismissal. The Court of Appeal, in a published opinion, concluded that the trial court does not have jurisdiction to entertain their civil class actions. Under the Labor Code, a superior court only has the power to enter a judgment that precisely tracks the terms of the WCAB award. A federal court has ruled that AIG's RICO lawsuit involving several workers' compensation carriers can now proceed. These claims were originally asserted against about 20 carriers, including Liberty Mutual, Travelers, Hartford, Ace, and Chubb. Both sides had asked a U.S. district judge to dismiss a number of the claims in the case. Judge Gettleman issued a 50-page ruling, where he denied most of the request to dismiss. The purpose of a motion to dismiss is to test the sufficiency of the complaint, not to rule on its merits. This is the latest in a multi-year $1 billion legal battle between AIG and several companies over alleged underreporting of workers' comp premiums. The suit will next go to a status meeting on August 19. And now our fraud report. The California Department of Insurance announced $30 million in grants to local law enforcement to help defray the costs of fighting workers' comp fraud. Each year, counties apply for these grants. The applications are reviewed by the Workers' Compensation Grant Review Panel based on a number of criteria, including the previous year's performance. These grants are still subject to approval in the final state budget. The highest single grant is $5 million proposed for Los Angeles County, followed by about $4.9 million for San Diego County, $3.3 million to Orange County, and San Bernardino is slated to receive about $2.2 million. At the lower end of the list, about $26,000 was awarded to Siskiyou County and 42000 for Madeira and $45,000 for Imperial Counties. A judge has frozen the bank accounts of three people, including Marina del Rey QME Munir Ueda. All three are connected to a woman accused of murdering an aspiring model in 2008. The disclosure came during a hearing in which Kelly Sue Park pleaded not guilty to killing 20-year-old Juliana Redding. Prosecutors allege that weeks before Redding's death, Park had received hundreds of thousands of dollars from QME Ueda, who was in a failed business deal with the victim's father. Through his attorney, Ueda has denied any involvement in Redding's death. Ueda is currently out of the country and is not reachable. He is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon and is the majority owner of Frontline Medical Associates. He is litigating millions of dollars in lien claims for treatment he claims to have provided to injured workers. He is also litigating a case brought by the medical board that will affect his medical license. The alleged five-figure payments from Ueda to Park prompted a request by prosecutors to increase Park's bail from one to five million dollars. The Los Angeles County Superior Court judge delayed ruling on that request until later this month to allow Park's attorney more time to prepare. And in financial news, Employers Holdings has announced the elimination of 161 positions including 44 at its headquarters. The company has combined its four regional operating units into two units Eastern and Western. The reduction of the company's workforce will be completed in the third quarter of 2010. Employers Holdings offers workers compensation insurance to about 44,000 small businesses in 30 states. After the cuts, The company has about 760 employees nationwide and 175 in Reno. CEO Douglas Dirks attributed the layoffs to the recession and a consolidation following an acquisition the company made in 2008. He says the company's gross revenue for the first quarter was down 35% from a year ago, which also was a contributing factor to the decision. The job cuts would save $5.8 million in 2010 and about $17 million in 2011. The CWCI reported that California's workers' compensation insurers lost more than $1.5 billion in their underwriting in 2009 due to a battered economy and lower workers' compensation rates. Workers' comp insurance companies earned premium of $9.1 billion in 2009, which was a 16.5% decrease from the $10.9 billion they earned the previous year. The number of workers' comp claims fell in 2009, but insurers continued to see costlier claims. Medical treatment remained the biggest single cost category, accounting for just over one-third of total expenditures last year. Medical care payments rose to $3.68 billion in 2009 from $3.64 billion in 2008. Payments for lost work time made up a quarter of insurers' expenditures in 2009. Temporary disability was the largest claims category in indemnity payments, accounting for over 48% of claim costs. And in regulatory news, the Division of Workers' Compensation has modified its draft physician fee schedule and has posted an online forum for members of the public to review and comment on the revised draft. Members of the public may comment on these new modifications until July 20. The draft regulations propose adopting the Resource-Based Relative Value Scale, or RBRVS, as well as ground rules relating to calculation of fees. RBRVS means the relative value scale created by the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services set forth in the Federal Register for each calendar year. Additionally, the revised proposal makes minor grammatical changes, changes for clarity or consistency, adds detail regarding status code indicators and professional technical code indicators, and includes changes to conversion factors and report fees. The proposed conversion factors are 56 for surgery codes, 57 for radiology codes, and 42 for all others. Because anesthesia services are not comparable to the relative value units for other services, the category has its own conversion factor of 34. Maximum reimbursement for California Code WC002. The Treating Physician's Progress Report, also known as the PR2, is $11.69. The full text of the proposal is available online at the DWC website. And now our medical report. A recently published medical article concludes that evidence on the pros and cons of various surgical and non-surgical treatments for rotator cuff tear is limited and inconclusive. The rotator cuff is the band of muscles and tendons that stabilize the shoulder. Rotator cuff tears are among the most common conditions affecting the shoulder. Medical treatment according to workers' compensation law must be supported by scientific medical evidence. The study claims that although patients improved substantially with all interventions, there were few clinically important differences between approaches. Most patients try to resolve their pain and disability with a course of physical therapy before attempting surgery but the new study found very little good quality research to guide the choice of non-surgical treatment, the timing of treatment, and who would most benefit from various forms of treatment. One surgeon added that there is limited evidence to guide some of the surgical decision-making. The authors of this study analyzed 137 studies looking at various therapies for torn rotator cuff. 113 studies comparing various operations found no differences in functional outcomes between different groups of procedures. However, patients who had mini-open repair returned to work about a month earlier than patients who had open repair. On the other hand, improvement in shoulder function was better after open repair compared with arthroscopic debridement. Complications were uncommon in the 64 studies that reported on them, and few were clinically important. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPod, or for searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Fols with Floyd, Scaron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us. Please join us again next week for more news.